on July 30th, you were in a head-on collision. Despite all of that, I'm doing very well. We had told her about her injuries, so she knew what had happened. And this particular day, we were getting her up for the first time and into a chair, and I knew she would see her legs. And I remember just thinking, so I called my mom and I said, have you thought about what we're gonna do with the shoes? Like, I was just thinking of um, little kids, girls who might need one pair of shoes, who may not even have any shoes. I was just thinking I have a lot to spare. It just wasn't what I had pictured happening. I pictured us crying and having this really hard conversation about your shoes you'll never wear. You know, and I, I pictured that being really hard, but for you it wasn't. Well, we've got a really great show lined up today. We're going to tell the story of a local dad who is giving back to the community in a really big way. There is a truck involved. It is a great story, so you don't want to miss that. Plus, we've got some stories from the kitchen and catching up with Sarah Fry. She is known to thousands as being Sarah Strong. Two months ago, she and three friends were traveling in a vehicle and they were in an accident with a drunk driver. We are going to catch up with her and her family and hear her amazing story. It has been eight weeks. Can you believe that? We are on episode eight of the Unalike podcast and we've been recording for over two months now. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? It is. It's crazy how fast time really does fly. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) time's definitely flying so uh one thing i want to acknowledge right off the bat we're recording from our own studios today we are i've got my quilts (laughs) yeah so we're trying something new and for those of you who are watching us on youtube we decided that we're going to give this a shot we're not together today we're in our our own home so i'm up here in the mountains you can tell by the way i'm dressed we've got a little bit cooler weather natalia Oh, things have been busy over here. But before I tell you about what I've been doing, I want to know how you are. You actually had a speaking engagement last week where you told kind of your story. And a lot of people don't know your whole story. But I just want to know, how did that speaking engagement go? How how did it all turn out? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. That was an excellent night. This was a girls' night out, and they asked me to come in and to be their speaker for the evening. And so I had the opportunity to go in and to, and just like you said, talk about my story and to be able to share with them a little bit about some of the trials that I have endured over the past couple of years. And, and really, um, over the course of my life, I, I started off by talking about something that happened when I was five years old, and um, somebody very close to me was involved in an accident that was life-changing and I was able to just share some moments with the ladies that night and to be able to remind them that there are nuggets of goodness to be found even when we are in the deepest, ugliest trials. And the thing is, is that you, me, none of us are immune to trials, right? Like trials happen to everybody and some of our trials are really big and everybody is aware that they're going on and and sometimes we're going through trials that are a little bit smaller and Maybe nobody knows unless we open up and talk about it. But but as I have learned with some of the things that have happened to me, there are nuggets of goodness waiting, but we have to be obsessively grateful about looking for them and finding them. But when we do, we can become stronger and better people because of it. So it was a great night. We had a lot of fun catching up and um, yeah, so that's something that I enjoy doing and um, I'm always looking for speaking opportunities and that was definitely a great one. That's awesome. I know that just from what I've heard from people that were there, that it really was inspiring and they should reach out to you and look you up if they're looking for (laughs) totally like a motivational speaker, because I know that you're really good at it. So yeah, moving on, I do have to tell you though, um, I did something over the weekend that I have not done in a really, really long time. I want to hear about it. I can only imagine. <laughs> okay. So I've told you guys a few weeks ago how I don't do any laundry around my house. My husband does all of the laundry. But over the weekend, I decided to make cookies. <laughs> so I decided to make cookies and I decided to make homemade Oreo cookies. Have you made these? I have actually never made them. No, no. 
We will definitely share the recipe, but what I have to tell you about these homemade Oreos, first of all, they're so good. They're so much better than store-bought ones, even though those are really good dipped in milk. But so my husband loves them and he's always asking and he always buys them when we go to the cookie store and things like that because he loves these homemade Oreos. So over the weekend, he's like, wanting a snack and finally I went to the store and bought all the ingredients and I just like whipped out these homemade Oreos and made them and he's like I have been with you for 19 years and I never knew that you knew how to bake and I'm like I don't (laughs) so what I'm trying to say is there can be hidden talents that we never have to tell our spouses about if we don't want to ever make cookies but now the cat's out back so I may have to actually make cookies again That's funny. I was just going to say the cat's out of the bag, so you're screwed. (laughs) Yeah, but they're really not that hard to make. I'll share the recipe. It's basically just a few ingredients and cake mix that you use to make them homemade, but they're so good. We'll definitely share the recipe. Okay, yeah, share that because I think that would be lots of fun to do after school with my kids. And maybe we have some fans watching who would um, like to do them either with their kids or even their grandkids. Yeah, totally. They're great. Which, They're great interactive food. Honestly, my kids helped me make them and they could frost the cookies, things like that. It's a great kid involved activity. Yeah. So speaking of the kitchen, I got to tell you a story about something that happened at my house the other day. Dustin and I are both working from home with our day jobs through the pandemic. And so middle of the day, but all of a sudden there's a huge rap at the door. This like bang, bang, bang. And it's the kind of sound that's like something that maybe one of the like Amazon or FedEx, like one of the, you know, work guys would knock on the door this huge bank. So, well, I didn't think I had any deliveries being delivered or dropped off that day. So Dustin and I kind of looked at each other like, well, who could that be? And it, so it, it was one of those kind of raps on the door where you're more like apprehensive about opening it because you're not sure who's on the other side. And that bang was so big that I was a little hesitant to even open the door. Well, anyway, somebody's on the other side of the door. So I go over and uh, kind of slowly turn the doorknob and peer through and pull it open. And it is my neighbor who just lives uh, up the street tiny little lady. She's a grandma and probably only stands half as tall as me, but she is standing there with two loaves of zucchini bread that she had just made. And you know, tis the season and everybody's got zucchinis coming out of their, their, you know what? So she, she told me that she had made 36 loaves of zucchini bread that day. And so completely out of the brew without us even knowing she showed up unannounced to deliver goodness. And that small act of kindness absolutely made my day. Wow, that is amazing. People really are amazing. They are amazing. Yeah. So crazy. Okay, so I have this other crazy, really cool story that I just have to tell you about. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we're dropping our son off at school because he missed the bus. You know, it happens. (laughs) So it totally happens. (laughs) So we pull up to the school and we actually parked in a weird spot because My husband had to run something into the school for him too. So it's kind of like this weird, I'm sitting in the car in the parking lot and everybody's like dropping their kids off in the carpool lane. So this truck pulls up right in front of the school and I'm on the passenger side and all of a sudden like the whole side of the truck opens up. Like think of the back to the future car, how the whole entire side of the car opens up, you know, like rolls up maybe like how a tesla does so the whole side but, of the sh- but you said it's a truck yeah it's a truck and it's like this i like trucks it's this big like kind of lifted good looking truck I'm like wow that's pretty cool and it mm-hmm. had a logo on it and it said jcap and my husband and i both noticed it and we're like that's really cool i wonder if it's like a business or what it is Anyway, yeah. so like the very next day, we decided to take our kids to one of the local high school football games. So we show up there and the football stadium is just down the road from my house. So we pull up on our golf cart yeah. right up next to the entrance <laughs> to the <laughs> football stadium. But that truck's parked there again. And I'm like, what is oh. going on? Is this a business? You know, the same thoughts. Is this a mm-hmm. business? Why is this truck parked here? But we had arrived a little bit late, so nobody's standing out there. I had no idea what was going on. But days later, I read on our local news outlet, the St. George News, 
a story about this truck. And I'm probably going to cry when I tell you this story because it's the most amazing thing I think I've ever heard. So you mentioned that we grew up with someone in our family that was um, disabled, that was in a wheelchair. And so we really, really have spent a lot of time witnessing and seeing and helping how difficult it is for people that are in a wheelchair to climb in and out of a vehicle. It's a very difficult thing. Yes. Anyway, so they run this news story and the story is about a boy that was, his name was Jared. He's here from St. George, Utah, and he had muscular dystrophy. So he's severely crippled in a wheelchair. His parents were having this truck custom built for him. It's the coolest thing when you see photos of it. The passenger seat swivels and goes down to the ground so that he can easily move his body onto the passenger chair and then it lifts him back up into the truck. So the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, like a lift built right into the truck. Yeah, way, way cool. So in January, the family's having this truck built and it's supposed to be delivered to them, whatever, the middle of January and two days before the truck was delivered. He passed away from his illness. Anyways, so we see this truck and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so, when I start putting it together, so heartbreaking that he never got to experience this amazing truck. But his dad, who I just have to say is like a a hero right now, (laughs) his dad has created what he's calling an Uber, but it's free. So children or kids, high school kids in our community, he is offering to them to give them a ride anywhere they want around town. If it's to the prom, you know, whatever it is to a high school football game or whatever, he will give them a ride for free in his truck as his own gift back to the community in honor of his son. So I think it's the coolest way that he could honor his son. Really that right there is what honor is all about. Yeah. Yeah. So that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, really a real hero. (laughs) So you said the the son, his name was Jared, correct? Uh And so this is a way to completely honor Jared and to carry on and to have a legacy that lives in his name. Yeah, it's really cool. So he was like a YouTuber. Um, I'm just learning about him. I didn't actually know him, but that was the J cap that's on the truck is actually his logo, the boy's logo. So really it's his truck. It's a really cool honor. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know, there's a lot of really amazing kids out there. And recently, just only two months ago, a young girl named Sarah Fry was traveling back from a beautiful vacation with three of her best friends when they were involved in an accident, a car crash with a drunk driver. This became something that was going to alter Sarah's life. And uh, she's here with us today to talk with us. She took a moment to sit down with me the other day. I was able to catch up with her and her family. And so let's go ahead and take a look back at that interview. We are here with the Fry family. How are you guys all doing today? Great. Awesome. I like that we have so many members of your family present, Sarah, and that really speaks to the support system you have. We've got a little bit of a Brady Bunch um, effect here going on because you have such a big family. But I, before we dive into all the questions, I want to just start off first by working around the room and having everyone introduce themselves in your relationship to Sarah. Um, so, I'm Amy. I am Sarah's mom. And my name is Greg. I'm her proud father. I'm Jessica. I'm her oldest sister. And I'm Emily, and I'm the middle sister. And then my name is Sarah, and I'm the youngest of six kids. And yeah, this is some of my family. Sarah's kind of the star of the show, and and you're the reason why we're all here today. But Sarah, before we dive into that, um, let me just give a little bit of a background, because I know that you have thousands of people who are following you and 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 the events that have happened over the past two months Uh, but for those who are not up to speed on july 30th you were in a head-on collision coming back from bear lake and bear lake is a popular tourist destination for people in northern utah southern idaho so you were traveling with three of your friends and involved in an accident 
um, you and all three of your friends were injured and had varying injuries, everyone injured in a different manner. But for you in particular, um, you lost 30% of your intestines. You have been diagnosed as being paralyzed from the waist down and have since had both of your legs amputated. How are you doing today? Despite all of that, I'm doing very well. Um, and yeah, it has been two months and I feel like I've made so much progress and um, I'm currently in the rehab facility um, where I'm working really hard and doing physical therapy, occupational therapy every day. And yeah, I'm, I've been able to work really hard and I'm feeling good. That's awesome. It's been kind of a, I mean, two months. And, and I think that probably at this point, you're really looking forward to getting out of there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what are some of the things they're telling you you need to do still before you're allowed to leave? Um, so I do have some goals um, that the physical therapists and the other therapists have, you know, kind of set for looking at going home. Um, one of the biggest ones is being able to transfer from um, different surfaces. So like, for example, from my bed to my wheelchair um, and back, you know, from my wheelchair to my bed and from my wheelchair to a different surface. So just really working on my arm strength to be able to transfer my whole body. Um, I've been getting a lot of help with that. Um, as I've been here, but I'll slowly start working on it, um, trying to do more on my own. Um, so transferring is a big one, and um, being able to sit up from my back all by myself. Um, I've been working on, you know, getting dressed by myself, and yeah, just getting better at wheeling myself in the wheelchair so just quite a few of those independent things that I'll need for when I go home. Awesome. You, you've got a wonderful support system, five older brothers and sisters and we've got two of your sisters here. Um, Jessica, I know that it was your husband who set up a GoFundMe page and, and on that page he wrote, Sarah has an incredibly difficult road ahead but we know she has the heart and the grit to turn this tragedy into something beautiful and inspiring. You know, loved this little girl my whole life. And even my husband, he and I got married when Sarah was eight. And so even he has watched her grow up and he just loves her. And it's been so fun to um, be able to have my family and my kids know Sarah, have Sarah be an aunt to my kids because she really is the absolute best person since the accident that you know this is a new side of sarah and and i'm sure that there's been moments when you've wanted to just take all of this pain away from her um how has that been that is an emotional question um it's been good i would say the the first time i felt that was actually for my mom um in those first few days we spent so much time at the house all together and my mom and dad would trade days at the hospital and um so we would see we would see her come home i know this wasn't your question sorry i don't know <laughs> this is what you want but i would see my mom come home with just this look of like pain and exhaustion and i just i just remember that was my first time really feeling like i wish i could just take it i wish i could just take it and hold it for a day and let her not have to have it for one day and Sarah was in and out of surgeries those first two weeks all the time and was um, intubated the whole time. And so she, she, would, she would have moments of being aware, but she doesn't remember those first two weeks, which we're thankful for. So then um, as, as she started to be more aware and we, we think about the future, that's, that's actually been a, a thought on my mind too. And I know it's, it's not necessarily possible. We all kind of spread the load how we can, but but I do think about that. I wish that, you know, and I, I could just turn her rain off and, and take it or I don't know. Anyway, I wish it could. I wish so bad that I could take it for her for one day. But then I also know at the same time that 
she has been handling this with such um, confidence and she's always been a very confident and self-assured person and she's um, taking this with such strength that it almost feels like that she can do this and I know she can do this and I just need to figure out my role as her oldest sister and um, what can I be for her during this rehabilitation phase and then what can I be for her for the rest of our lives I feel really really excited for the opportunity we have to just be more connected we're always we've always been a really close family but I think Emily and I especially and then our brothers and their wives will we'll all just kind of be in this together and we'll be able to be with Sarah and she has so much to give so that actually feels like a real blessing to me that I get to be so involved as she becomes a mom I think we'll be able to help her and in ways that we wouldn't have been able to it'll keep us really close yeah. Sarah and I have a little routine we do called take take your pain um it's a little thing we do at, at, to close out the day each night that I'm with her and I don't know Sarah if that helps you or not it does. <laughs> that's what I thought every of when time. she asked that question uh-huh every time we do it I just feel a breath of relief like it just shows how much my dad cares about me and would be willing to take my pain um and it it really does it calms me every time we do it i love it what what does that game involve greg how, how does it go sometimes i'll play connect the dots with her on her with the freckles on her face <laughs> and it helps calm her and then um or i'll tickle her arm or rub her hands and then we press our foreheads together and i just whisper to give me your pain and i just envision the, the pain and the the load from her shoulders coming into my body and we just kind of sit there with our foreheads together for maybe just 30 seconds is all but uh it's just kind of a little routine we do to help calm her her mind and and a little go to bed routine that uh, helps her go to sleep that's amazing i don't know how you came up with that idea but i can imagine that sarah really looks forward to that at the end of each visit um i wanted to ask you greg you're the dad and and this has got to be really difficult to watch your baby girl go through this you know my job is to provide and protect and i you know my uh purpose in life now to a large extent has has changed in in a way that i my goal now is is to help provide for her uh, the best possible life that she can that she needs you know to meet her needs and help help her down this new path and she she has to decide the path that she wants to go and then uh amy and i and the rest of the family will make sure that we we help her get to where she wants to go and, and accomplish the things that she wants to do. And fortunately for us, her she's she's so optimistic and so positive about things that when we talk about the future and the things that she she doesn't dwell on things she can't do, she dwells on the things that she now has to do to do the things she used to do. But how how was she going to be able to swim or um, go over to her friend's house and and she doesn't get sad about not being able to do them how she used to it's it's almost like she gets excited about coming up with ways of accomplishing these these little obstacles that are now in her way but they're not really obstacles it's just we got to figure out how to how to get around them that's and that's as much as, as a dad that's my job is to give her every possible outlet and resource to help her Sarah is a cheerleader at Clearfield High School in Northern Utah. And Sarah, you have had a huge amount of support from your cheer, your, your teammates. And I, um, and this isn't even how I learned about your story, but, but for our listeners and those who are watching us, I have a stepson who 
attend your same school and plays football. And so I've been at football games this fall and I have watched game after game at halftime as the cheerleaders have taken the field and performed a routine to your favorite song. And as they perform, they are certain whether they're at halftime, and I noticed a change after a couple of games, now even on the track during the, during the game, they've made a podium. And, and so this marker on the track or when they're out on the field performing at halftime, they are always careful to leave a spot open for you. You've got a fantastic support group beyond your family, but with your teammates. Um, what does that mean to you to know that they're behind you? Um, it just makes me feel so good that other people are um, thinking about me and um, as they leave a spot open for me, it makes me feel really good that they didn't just, I don't know, fill it in. They kept it open for me, um, which makes me think, which makes me know they want me back and that I will be back. and no matter what i'll still i'll be able to still be a cheerleader and still go out with my teammates um when i get back home and it makes me feel really loved well speaking of still being a cheerleader i just saw a video of you doing a cheer just the other day <laughs> me and emily we were just messing around and we both learned the dance um just a little bit of it um, yeah. Emily they changed still. their visiting rules at the hospital, so Emily, so the siblings have been able to trade, spell, give me or Amy a, a, a spell, and spend some time with Sarah at the hospital, and it's been really nice. And that's so that's how they were together. Emily was taking a shift at the hospital. Emily, I know that you help out. You've been uh, managing some social media, so your family has set up an Instagram account um entitled sarah strong i believe and and you're the one who's doing a lot of the work to be updating friends family loved ones complete strangers on sarah's progress um, but it had to be really rewarding to go into that hospital room for the first time and to be able to see sarah in person and not have to talk to her over a computer or through a phone oh yeah it was awesome so i got to be with her on sunday and we were playing games and watching movies and just catching up tell you know she was just telling me the scoop on what all her friends are doing and we were listening to some country music and that her favorite song came on just on her playlist and she's like oh oh i know this part and she starts doing the claps from the cheer routine uh, and that was about all she knew and i'm like sarah we should learn it and so we're there in her hospital room and we wanted to learn the dance. So we learned the chorus and she caught on so fast. It took her just a few minutes, but that was really fun. It was a really special day to, to spend some quality time with Sarah that we haven't gotten in over two months. Speaking of, and your dad just hit on this, but how has it been for, for all of you? Um, maybe, maybe Amy will start with you, but because of COVID-19, there's this unique spin on uh, on hospital visits where your whole family's not able to be together right now. Talk to us a little bit about what that has been like to only have one person in Sarah's room at a time. How are you, how are you guys all doing? How are you surviving and how are you getting through this? Well, we've actually made it work. So Greg and I trade off days with each other at the hospital because they've only allowed one parent to be there at a time, one parent every 24 hours. So it's, we've made it work. You know, we've, we've taken turns there. Um, and it's also given us a break at home, you know, on the, on the off day. Um, and then they've allowed one visitor to come in. So one of, one of Sarah's siblings to come in. Um, it was just pretty infrequently. It was infrequent at first, but they let us do a one-time thing where Greg and I got to be together for a date night. It was wonderful. And then, so we've done that twice over the last two months. And then just now this week, they've changed their policy to let um, one, one visitor come to the hospital um, every day. 
if they wanted, you know, if, if they wanted to. But Greg and I are most still mostly just trading off every other day and making it work, you know, for now. And she'll be home soon. So the family has just bonded together, uh, unlike we ever have before. And everyone's just helped and they're at the house at the house and we have wonderful neighbors and wonderful support system with friends and family and extended family and it hasn't it's just everybody has helped make this possible they've helped us with our yard they've helped us with some stuff inside the house getting ready for sarah they've brought meals into us um, and allowed us to be able to enjoy a meal together as a family and so it's when we look back we think wow she's been maybe we're are we at 10 week mark now nine or ten weeks ago it's you know in some ways it seems like forever but because of the community and the support system that has rallied around us it it seems like it's gone really fast in some ways Sarah I wanted to ask you I heard that you had a homecoming date yeah that was super unexpected (laughs) um all of a sudden there's a poster um, with a cute little saying on it, just like, just like I used to with dances, you know, um, how they make a little, how they make a little phrase, um, and then there were um, a couple, there were a couple bottles of soda, and on the caps um, was a letter of his name, and I had to unscramble them. And um, so it said my friend's name, it was Andrew. And I was kind of confused at first, like homecoming. <laughs> I was like, I hope he knows that I'm not gonna be home for homecoming. Right. Um, but yeah, then my mom told me that it would just be like a little FaceTime date um, because all of my school, Clearfield High, was not hosting a homecoming um, because of COVID. And um, so a group of my cheerleader friends all got together and created their own homecoming. And so um, a boy asked me, and so I was able to be in that group. And um, it was really fun. I kept looking forward to the day, like the whole week. I was just so excited for Saturday, Saturday. And so once that day came, um, they did a little day date. Um, They did some activities at a park. And so he FaceTimed me in the morning and I was able to watch all of their fun games that they did. And it was really fun for me to see all of my friends and um, just kind of to catch up with Andrew um, because we haven't really talked since all of this. So. It was good to catch up with him, and then once our day date was over, we hung up, and then um, we I got all ready. My mom helped me. My nurses painted my nails. Um, I did my hair, and I did my makeup, and it felt so good. I just, it just felt so good and so normal in a pretty dress. My sister Emily helped pick out you know, jewelry and dresses, and so did Jess, Jess helped. Um, And yeah, so once I got all ready, then I got in my wheelchair and I met him downstairs in the front um, outside, which was super fun um, to see him in person and so that we could take a couple pictures. Um, And it was really fun to um, see each other in person we got a corsage and boutonniere, um, just like a normal dance. Yeah. And he got all dressed up too. It was really good. Um, and then after we talked for a while, then I just went back to my room and then we FaceTimed again and we ate our dinners together. We had Cafe Rio. Um, they all got Cafe Rio as well. So I just, we both set up our phones and we were able to eat kind of together. Um, And then after that, they had the dance. Um, They just had like a big speaker and someone's playlist going. And it was fun to just hear the music and see my friends dancing. 
and um, I was able to just do this in my hospital bed, and yeah, it was really fun. I, I don't know Andrew. I, I don't know who he is, but I think there is a special place in heaven for that young man, and if all of the rest of your friends are as remarkable as he, you're, you're going to be just fine because you've got some great friends. So Amy, I want to talk to you and ask you a question. You had mentioned to me ahead of time that you were really nervous, um, weren't really sure what to expect the first time that Sarah was going to see her legs. Do you want to tell us about that? I knew that she would want to see legs and, and she would. So we had told her about her injuries so she knew what had happened and this particular day we were getting her up for the first time and into a chair and I knew she would see her legs and I I said do you want to see your legs and she said yes I do and and so we were sitting up in the chair I was just sitting in a chair right by her and and she she reached down with her hand and she looked at her leg and she felt her leg just with her hand and my hand was just kind of on top of hers and just kind of helping her just in that moment, you know, and I wondered what she was thinking, how, what I did. I just wondered what she was thinking, you know, but she didn't say anything. There were no tears and, and she was done. She, and then she, you know, put her gown back down over her leg and what she said just floored me. And she said, they did a good job. And I think that's just an example of how amazing she has handled this. You know, she could have been in tears and just been so sad, like, I can't believe this has happened to me, but she didn't, she didn't go there at all. She, that was her reaction was they did a good job. And they did. And she has amazed us at how she's handled that. Everything. Sarah, you're somebody who's always thinking about others, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know another thing that has weighed on your mom's mind was what to do about some of those shoes in your closet at home. And she told me that one day, before she ever even had a chance to talk to you about it, you're the one that picked up the phone and called her. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that conversation. Um, I was with my dad. I don't remember what made me think of it, but I just pictured in my, um, laundry room, I just have a huge bin full of shoes and they always end up everywhere because I just throw them and, you know, when I was done, but I had just bought a couple pairs of new shoes, like super recently, um, before this happened and um I remember just thinking so I called my mom and I said have you thought about what we're gonna do with the shoes like I said you can have whatever shoes you want you know all of us girls are pretty much the same size I said you and Emily and Jess you can have whatever shoes you want um and we should give them away to other people who probably need shoes or um yeah we should just give them away to people I was just thinking of um little kids girls who might need one pair of shoes who may not even have any shoes you know there are a lot of people like that in the world that we don't think about very often but I was just thinking I have a lot to spare and now and so we should just give them away to people yeah her reaction to that was it just wasn't what I had pictured happening I pictured us crying and having this really hard conversation about your shoes you'll never wear you know and I, I pictured that being really hard but for you it wasn't and I don't know. It was just it was amazing. it was for us for you know like like she said she keeps her shoes in a in a laundry basket in the laundry room. So they're just all piled in there. So that's something we see every day all of our life when we would come in would be the Sarah's, Sarah's shoe bin. And 
I remember that being impactful to us as a family, walking in and realizing this this won't be here anymore. She doesn't even need these shoes anymore. And it was kind of just one of those moments where you realize the implications of what has just happened. We were still all kind of in shock, but yet, you know, yet now we have to do something with her shoes. And so um, we were trying not to project onto her the way it was for us, obviously for Sarah, it was, let's just give them to the kids who need. And I mean, this is how she's been through all of this is it's, she just processes adversity. She always has processed uh, trials and obstacles and adversity in her life differently uh, than the other five kids, other five children have. And, and you can see this now manifest itself in how she's handling this trial of her, in her life. It's just, it's amazing to all of us. It's remarkable to us how she just processes things in her mind differently. And it, it really helps all of us get through this together. I get the feeling that all of you are worried about Sarah and worried about taking the pain from her and helping her. But Amy, do you feel like she's actually the one boosting all of your spirits? Absolutely. Her main focus is she doesn't want people to be sad for her. She, she, she doesn't want that. And so she wants everybody to be happy. She knows she's going to do well. She says, I'm going to be okay. Don't be sad for me. I'm going to be just fine. When people think about me, I don't want them to think, oh, I feel so bad for her or I, um, I'm so sad for what she's going through. I want them to just think of, I want them to think happy thoughts when they think of me. And um, so I've just tried staying so positive because um, that's what I want people to remember about me through all of this. Um, and I don't want them to you know, be sad when they think of me. I want them to, yeah, I don't know how to put it. Just think happy thoughts, I guess. Well, a couple of nights ago, we were kind of closing out the day and Sarah was expressing, she was kind of, kind of getting emotional about how people now, she feels bad that people have to, she said, but I, I don't want people to have to take care of me. And I, I said, Sarah, just, just change one word in that, in that sentence. As I said, change the word have to get and say it back to me. I said, Sarah, we, we get to take care of you. Yeah. It's a privilege of ours to be able to care for you and be of service to you. And when, when she said that back to me, I think did that, that, that helped you. Did it not, Sarah? I mean, mm -hmm. I, the, look, the look in your eye was that it's just, it's just all in perspective. How, how we it's an honor for us i guess is what i'm trying to say that we get to be a bigger part of your life and help you get through these things and it's we get to not have to sarah you're a huge example to all of us and i am really just so tickled that we were able to take a few minutes to visit with you and your family today i know that there are an overwhelming amount of expenses that are going to be involved with this recovery effort and, and that goes beyond what your family insurance is able to help with. There's modifications to the home, there's modifications to vehicles and many other things that that I haven't even comprehended but you have had many uh, loved ones help out with some fundraisers and so I want to just take a minute to talk about a couple of those events that are coming up. Many people who are watching or listening are wondering what they can do to help. So uh, Jessica, do you have details or is there someone else who can better tell us about some of the events coming up? Um, the first, the next event that we have coming up is a benefit concert that we're all really excited about. Um, our aunt and uncle are in a group called Vocalocity, an acapella group that's just really awesome and they've always been one of our favorites. So they are organizing this event and they've invited Alex Boyer and Matt and Savannah Shaw, the father-daughter duo, to come and That's sing awesome. at this concert. And they have been and able Meg to Johnson. get sponsors. Oh, Meg is Johnson's she? MC. Is she? Cool. Yeah. Okay. And Meg Johnson is going to 
um, be the MC of the night. We're so excited to see her. We love her. Yeah. And um, they've organized it so that all the proceeds will go to, you know, my mom and dad and Sarah, and it's just amazing. And um, then at the end of the month on Saturday, September 24th, there's a 5K race in Syracuse. So the, the concert is in Clearfield. The race is in Syracuse. And um, for anybody that's not in this area, they can still participate in those events. So with the concert, um, anybody in the world can make a donation through the website and they'll receive a link the day of the concert to be able to watch it live. And that's going to be really neat. Awesome. And then um, the, the couple that's organizing the race, um, the Hyde family sure. is organizing a race. And um, they have an option to sign up and do kind of a virtual race, whether you want to run or not, you can still receive a medal. They made these really, really cute, you know, love you hands, Sarah strong medals. So um, that's really neat. There's merchandise that can be purchased. We just have really, really appreciated every single idea. People are so creative and so generous in the things that they've both given to our family and help organize. Well, it's made my heart grow two sizes today. I really love taking a few minutes to visit with each of you. Everybody can participate, whether you live in the Northern Utah area, whether you are somewhere across the country or listening from a foreign country, there are many ways that you can support online and we'll put that information on our website. Uh, closing thoughts, Amy, anything you would like to say as we wrap up today? Um, just a final thought. Um, I know that Sarah's confidence that she's always had in her life, her self-confidence has helped her a lot. And she knows who she is. She knows that God has a plan for her. And the knowledge that she has of that is going to help her in her life. And the fact that she hasn't changed one bit, this accident didn't change her at all, she's the same Sarah, um, is such a blessing. We're grateful for her and her life. Um, I'm thankful for Sarah's optimism and the light that shines. And this has not changed her. It's only revealed to us who she is and who we've known her to be all along. And like Amy said, I know that God is in the details of our lives and is helping her every step of the way as we see manifest in all of the support that we get from from people like you that do a podcast and help help other people feel good about that themselves and and through the people's love and support and their letters and their donations and their offerings to help it's just been a remarkable human show of kindness and it's and it we just see that light in sarah's eyes and i'm just so grateful for, for who she is and the kind of person that she is sarah you get the last word i'm so thankful for all the support that i've had and um like my mom said i i truly know that you know god has planned for me and everything that happens in our lives happened for a reason and um i mean i'm not quite sure why this happened right now um but i'm sure um I'll be able to help a lot of people. I know a lot of people have told me that I have already helped them and helped their lives. Um, and I'm glad that I can be an inspiration to others and that um, this has all been, yeah, such a positive thing. And I've seen my family grow closer together. Um, like my sister said, they were always at the house. Um, they were constantly together. And I've just, I've been able to see so much love. And um, you, I just never would have guessed that this would happen. But I mean, I'm glad it did so that I can see all the love and support that I have and um, I know that I'll be able to still do wonderful things with my life and do all that I plan to and um, yeah that's it. <laughs>
there's a lot more people cheering for you than just those cheerleaders at the high school. And uh, we can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, we're going to be watching as you prepare to make that move back to the house. And, and if you're up for it, we'd love to catch up with you in a couple of months and check in and find mm -hmm. out how things are going. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, thank you all for your time today. I know you're busy and you've got a um, million different places to be and hospital shifts that need to be traded off. So I'm going to let you go. But thanks again. We appreciate you each taking time to share a few words with thank us you. today. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you. That was such an amazing story. I People are really so inspiring. I cannot wait to catch up with Sarah again when she's home and all settled. She truly is going to inspire a lot of people throughout her life. Yeah, you can tell she really comes from a great family, has great parents who have instituted a, a very um, strong ethic inside of her and that desire to not let anything get her down. So I, I really consider it an honor to have been able to talk with them and to be able to share their story with all of our followers and listeners today. Yes, absolutely. Well, as we close today, I have a quick story that I would like to share. This one comes again from my local community. It was shared in the neighborhood Facebook page. I just wanted to read a, a little blurb with each of you and leave you on this high note. I just want to do a shout out to the local drugstore. Amazing people work there. Short story, my daughter went to pick up her prescription and our insurance will only allow three months worth of the same prescription and then we need to go to the mail order. My poor daughter was so confused and frankly, so was I. But the lady who worked there was very patient with us and explained it to me over the phone. And in the evening, the pharmacist himself felt so bad about the situation that he showed up at our house to apologize for something that wasn't even his fault. Insurance companies sometimes can make us all so mad trying to hurt small pharmacy businesses. Go support the local drugstore if you can. Great people work there. So I thought that was a wonderful class act of service from a, a local pharmacist serving a small town and um, wanted to share that with each of you today. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode eight. We appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to be with us. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate your support and we'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.